Belcher. And I'm Del Belcher, and welcome to Two, two Peas in a podcast. podcast, a relationship advice show from two people who like each other very, very, very much. much. It's another week here at Pod Squad Unlimited, the headquarters of our fine, fine establishment. Another Lot- day, another dollar. Another, uh, you know, free dollars and... Just kidding. We have no dollars from doing this yet. But if you'd like to be a sponsor. I used to say that uh, I I worked at a local coffee establishment. Um, Very boutique, small, 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 little coffee establishment. Sturbooks. Sturbooks. And um, we'd have, they have a coupon and I'd say free dollars. And they'd be like, what? And I'd say, I'm kidding. It's free. And I thought it would be funny. I said it every time and about it was like a 50 50 joke funny. score it's still not funny <laughs> <laughs> it's super I funny i can see why no one laughed oh it's so funny it i thought it was hilarious when you know when it's six o'clock in the morning and you've been up for five hours it's hilarious so um so oh it's not six o'clock in the morning right now he's re- referring to the what did you call the shifts that were you clopens yeah because you'd close the store at nine or ten no, and then like have to midnight it wasn't midnight. Yes. You'd have to close really late, and then you'd have to be there at 5.30 in the morning, so you'd get five or six hours of sleep. Or less. That being said, we both loved you working at Starbucks. We They don't give us money. We cannot talk about them. Uh, I think it was a great place for you to work. It was a good job. Insurance, free coffee, friendships. It was I, great. I thought it was a good job It was for very you. good. They um, were very good to us. They were... Best health insurance we've ever had. Well, I so this reminds me back to when I was a child. I loved the Chicago Cubs, and yeah. this is when Sammy Sosa was playing football. Oh, like, Sammy! Not football, baseball, and uh, they were asking that him Cub about football team. <laughs> those football Cubs, and he would. They would ask him about football, and he'd say, "You know, the Cub uh, football team would probably do better than the Bears. He probably would. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> and he'd say, baseball been very good to me, and I just thought that was so great." Yeah, has been really good to him. It was just so good. And that was it. Like, Maybe right. not so much anymore, but you know. Not so much in the recent years. Ugh. Don't do drugs, kids. Anyway, um, so some housekeeping before we get off the ground. We want to thank everyone who's been on the message boards this week over on our Facebook page. If you'd like to join the fun over there, it is uh, facebook.com slash groups slash podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter to be the first to know when we release new content at uh, podcast up on Twitter. And then you can email us if you have any ideas for uh, topics or questions at contactppodcast at gmail.com. Also, we'd love for you to go over to our, our page on the uh, iTunes and the Apple I, Apple Podcasts and just give us a rate and review. That would be amazing. And I'd also like to po- apologize to our friend Joni, who comes from a long line of ice cream truck drivers. <laughs> She had some words for you. She was so funny. And then on a different group that we're in, she posted pictures of her family. Uh, like I think her, I want to say her dad. Very prestigious ice creamsman. So like, you know, there's ice cream truck drivers in her family. And she posted a picture with her whole family with an ice cream truck driver. Um, so I apologize if I offended you. I'm sure that the creepy ice truck ice cream truck drivers are not related to you the one in our neighborhood <laughs> definitely drives a yellow ice cream truck and i believe yours was not yellow he's one of those bad ombre ice cream truck drivers <laughs> there's good and there's bad and unfortunately we get the latter yeah i'm sure Joni, if your family's ice cream truck was here we would be out there every day every day every day um also speaking of every day the last few weeks 
we've always had to been like, oh, Stephanie's not feeling very good. Uh, uh, and uh, just kind of, and, and she literally hasn't, but because we have some exciting news to share with our, our Peapod Nation. So we're going to have a baby. Oh! Well, I'm going to give birth to the baby, Del. <laughs> I have one part, you have one part, and then we put it together after we give birth to those parts. Del's part is mostly done for the next few months. <laughs> Um, so we're expecting in August 2017. April. It, 2018. Uh, sorry. <laughs> it was way off. April 2018. I wasn't even. I, we're having a back in time baby. Yep. <laughs> back to the future baby. Naming him Michael. So, uh, we're going to have a baby. We're announcing earlier than I think we would normally would. I had wanted most women wait till you get past the first trimester because your risk of miscarriage is a little bit lower. And most women aren't necessarily showing until then. Um, We've already had an ultrasound. And the baby has a strong heartbeat. So the risk of miscarriage is kind of low. But more than that, I seem to be showing a little bit already. (laughs) And you have this like really, really positive glowing attitude all the time. And you're definitely not sick every day. The glow comes from being nauseous 24 hours a day. Not to take away from the delightful news. <laughs> so instead of everybody being like, what's wrong with Steph? And me being like, I don't know. We're just being like, she's pregnant. People seem to be way more understanding of that than me being like, I don't know. What's wrong with her? She's just ha- sick all the time. I have a really good team of coworkers at, you know, where I work. And I get asked about once a day if I'm doing okay. <laughs> and I've missed work at least. I haven't missed work. I've been able, thankfully, I have a job where I can work from home. And I've worked from home once or twice a week for the at any rate we're telling people because i don't know if i'm not gonna be sick and because i'm kind of showing already and because we're excited and we're excited so thank you for all your kind words that i'm sure you'll share with us on our site and we're not changing it to three peas in a podcast just yet wouldn't that be cute you know i don't know how soon can babies actually contribute to conversation well do you remember when steffi graf and andre agassi had their baby no who remembers that I do because Nike like <laughs> bought the rights to that baby to be a tennis prodigy like what? before it was out of the womb. Oh man, get on that. We want a podcasting baby prodigy. Oh uh, yeah, I'm like I don't know if there's any there's no podcasting Nike equivalent, so I don't know what it would if be. If anybody wants to buy the rights, the naming and um what is it? The person rights like what their face looks like, let me know. Hit me up. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyway. Anyway, well, that's all the fun news. So I'm excited to uh, see how things go, being first-time Faja. If you want to support us, we're really welcoming prayer and encouraging words. Uh, No unsolicited advice, please, but we welcome really kind things and you praying that everything is going well and we have a healthy baby. And money and uh, (laughs) diapers, which I hear as a parent, you can exchange for money. That's true. They're very expensive. (laughs) They are the gold standard. Those gold pacifiers. I think Tiffany and company used to sell a platinum one. Probably. Anyway. Oh, that Tiffany. I like how I said and company, like very officially. (laughs) Oh, and CEO, LLC. Uh, So this is Two Peas in a Podcast. It's a relationship show from two people that like each other very, very much. We've got two parts. The first part is P's and Q's, where we take a question from you, our pod squad, and then chat about it. The second part is The Split, where we take a relationship article torn from the headlines, and we also talk about that. 
So, for P's and Q's today, we have a question, and it's about this thing. I don't, I've never heard of this before. There's this sport. Sports. Foot, Sports. Football? Football. Football. As in goal. <laughs> no, that's soccer, honey. Is it? Um, The American football, which surprisingly, you know, has very few moments of football contact. Well, we know weird. about the team, the Cubs. We know about the Cubs, <laughs> the greatest team in history, the That's Cubs right. football. Um, but apparently there's football and people love it a lot. Usually. Usually a lot. And this is not about the controversial football things that are happening with the kneeling and the flags and the whatnot. Yeah. So we wanted to give this question a little preamble. So this question is about football. It's not going to be related to what's going on in football right now. If you're watching what's going on in football right now, there's a lot of people that are players who are uh, protesting for racial equality by kneeling. And then there are a lot of people that disagree with Uh, what some of those players are doing because they find that it's unpatriotic. We're not going to get into a whole rigmarole rigmarole for that, but because we're bringing up football, we have a disclaimer that both Dell and I have worked in media, and we currently are producing a podcast. So our stance is strongly that we encourage the First Amendment right and freedom of speech, which means that we support that people are standing up for what they believe are their rights, or kneeling in this case. But we also believe that if you disagree with someone, you have the right to respectfully state your opinion against them. Yeah. And we both come from a, me- a background in media and content uh, creation and like news and things like that. So being able to say important things is important to us. Definitely. And the protection of that is very important to us. But uh, we, it, it felt wrong to talk about football without mentioning it or even at all because it's such a big deal right now. So... Good explanation, Steph. Thank you, Babu. I feel like you've thought about that a lot. It's like I have a degree in social issues. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> okay, hit me. Okay, hit you with the... <laughs> Wait, that sounds really bad. I'm not going to hit no, you. Sure. Yes. I'm going to toss hit me with the first topic. this hot potato of a question. So, Go. this comes from Greg. Greg says, Dear Pod Squad, after a few years of asking, I finally got my wife to join my fantasy football league as something fun for us to do. So cute. At first, it was really great, but only a few weeks into the season, she's turned into a monster. She's so into the stats and she's so into trash talking, it's basically taking over our life. She's become obsessed. I think hobbies, uh, well, I thought this was a hobby that we could have fun doing together, but it has turned into something that I think I now hate. What should I do? Help, Greg. So I think we have a hobby thief in our midst. It sounds like you have a hobby thief. Well, but he did invite her in. He did, but I I think that's okay. How do I say? Hobby theft always starts with an invitation. It's That's like they're true. like vampires. You, they can't just come in. You have you to ask them, them, in, them in. And then they come in and then they suck they the suck blood out blood of your of... fantasy football neck. Then you're like, why didn't I invite you in? <laughs> oh, ooh, well, first of all, Craig, I really, Greg, Craig, same thing, whatever. Hey, uh, get it right, Greg. <laughs> Greg, good job. Because I think um, actively pursuing activities that we like to do, things for us to do with our spouses, I think it's really great. And I think that, and we've talked about doing fantasy football or something together. <laughs> Um, it's not necessarily a hobby of mine at the moment, but I 
do think that it's something that we could easily do together and looking for those moments I think is really cool and really good. I agree. I think it was So good job. Cool that you noticed like fantasy football takes up can take up a decent amount of time if you're meeting with people on your league, if you're looking at your stats. So I think it was kind of smart to include your spouse so you could do something together. Yeah. I'm more of the infomercial mentality with fantasy football of like set it and forget it. And it, and then to see what happens. But um but you can get very in depth into that. There's magazines about it. You know, this also sounds like an episode of the league. Doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, the League is the show about uh, these group of really raunchy friends that have a fantasy football team. Anyway, this sounds like something that kind of would happen on there. So what should we do? What should Greg do? Should he quit? Should he keep going? What's the deal? I think my thought is, why do you have a problem with how she's reacting? Because my thought is, from what I know and understand about fantasy football, it sounds like that's how it goes. The oh, mm-hmm. the majority of people that I know that do fantasy football, it it they do it as a labor of love. They really enjoy it. They have the same habits as your spouse. They spend a lot of time doing it. When they do well, they trash talk because it's part of you know football and the cart- cultural football. So I think one of the things I would want you to ask yourself is, are you upset? Because your wife is actually acting poorly, which maybe she is, because there is definitely a line you can cross. Or are you upset because you had an expectation and you never communicated that expectation to your wife and now you're upset with her for your unmet expectations? Mm, My expectation is that you're here and you're calm and you just enjoy it passively. Which is kind of a little sexist but i will say let's take a step back let's look at this from an a thousand foot level and not just fantasy football say you are really into longmire and you are watching longmire and i'm like and then i'm like oh longmire and i start wearing cowboy hats and i start like researching wyoming a lot and i'm like so into it and i watch it all the time and all i do is talk about it would you start not liking Longmire anymore? Would that be annoying to you? Well, I think the thing is, I was into The Bachelor. I invited you yeah. in. Yeah. And then you took over. You started live tweeting it. You started Facebooking it. And you started a Facebook fantasy league. I did. So this, I have been Greg in this situation. But but you never told me that that annoyed you. That's because it didn't. But it annoyed Greg. If it had annoyed you, what would you have done? I think if it had annoyed me, it would be the same answer we would give. I think we would say, I mean, this season is probably done for, honestly. But if you want to make it through with a little bit of happiness, I think I would reflect on why you're actually feeling annoyed and assess whether it's your unmet expectations and whether you're unfairly putting them on your wife. Mm. Or maybe your wife is acting like a really terrible person. Like, she's posting your horrible eighth grade photos like, look at this idiot. Look at Greg. He's such a doofus. Yeah. Or maybe is she beating you and you're just mad that she's winning and you're not? What are you upset about? (laughs) What are you upset about? So if it's true and she's crossing the line, I think I would sit down and I think I would establish rules for what you're okay with. Mm -hmm. Be like, okay, I want you to be in this, but I'm not okay with you. It hurts my feelings, and I'd like it if you wouldn't say this, this, and this. Could this be the same for all hobby theft? I think all hobby theft is so different, so I don't know. Well, well, 
Okay, for this, are there any like general hobby thief rules that we could leave? Because uh, not not everybody plays fantasy football. But say I was way into Longmire, or say it was a bachelorette situation, or cooking, or stamp collecting, or what are other hobbies? I think what Greg might also feel upset about is he felt like this was his thing. Ah. And then when you have a thing and someone else does that too that's your spouse and then it takes it over it just feels like well that was my thing yeah removing the fantasy football when you have a thing and then someone else is like "Ooh, i want to do it too or they finally break down to your invitation and then they're just way into it now more than you are i I think it feels like a loss it does feel like a loss like this was my thing i'm also gonna say i feel like you're thinking i'm attacking greg but i think it could also just be and i apologize for this it could be jealousy Because I remember I took the piano for like 10 years, a long time, and I was never particularly great at it, mostly because I didn't practice. But my brother Ben was able to listen to a song and then just play it on piano uh, like within a few weeks. Like he just had an innate ability to do something better than me. And I remember feeling both weirdly proud of his ability, but then also really jealous that some people just don't have a talent other people aren't as good and when your spouse i feel like your spouse is the easiest person to be mad at for their talents because you're constantly referencing them and then assessing their talents and comparing them back to yourself and then you can feel terrible about yourself because you know if your spouse is better than you at something can't have that nope that's why i do things that i know you are terrible at (laughs) I Honestly, I picked that too. I think that's why. <laughs> I, I, that's why I've been practicing my trampoline tricks. Ugh. Because I know that you are afraid of trampolines. Um, and it works out great. I think that's smart. It is very smart. <laughs> it is very, very smart. Uh, so, Craig, I hope... I, I just stay fresh on math. Stay, you stay fresh on math and spelling. I do trampoline tricks, and then it just balances us out. Win-win. Win, win. So thanks, Greg, for uh, sending us that message. And hopefully we provided you with a little wisdom for your life. And um, so if you have any other questions or comments, dear listener, on this topic or any other, please visit our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash podcast. Like I said, what do you think would be interesting to talk about on our show? Longmire more? Should we do a Longmire podcast? I can talk about Walm- Long- Walt Longmire all day. <laughs> I just rewatched all of the most recent season because I couldn't remember all of the details and I wanted to. Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what other better reason could there be for anything other than I wanted to? That's very good. I like that. Um, so... Yes, send us your questions, send us your comments. We'd love to hear from you. And I think with that brings us to our next segment. The Split, where we take a relationship article torn from the headlines and talk about it. I'm ready to go this time to talk about it. So I'm kind of excited about this article. P.S. Is this room getting really toasty? Yes, this is a hot room. I think... It's on the, you know, it's that house situation where it's on the other side of where the thermostat is from the house. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So because where the thermostat is very sensitive. So it's going to get farther away. It's going to get warmer there before the thermostat kicks in again. And we're sitting by two giant windows with the sun shining the in. the giant windows in the sun. I think it's both. Is the vent open? Look at it. It's trapped up there. You're right. It's just so little. So this is. I'm just saying the thermostat 
I took a class in HVAC. The thermostat is very far away from this room. How is it supposed to know how hot it is? So this is an article. <laughs> ignore that and go on. This is an article as reported in Business Insider. All right. But it comes from the Journal of Psychological Sciences. And the three authors on the paper are paper are Eli Finkel, Samantha Joel, and Paul Eastwick. Nice. So they wanted to uncover something that's super popular nowadays. So Dell, you and I have kind of talked about this topic. Dabbing. So... <laughs> Uh, watch me whip. <clears throat> so, if we've talked about if one of us dies, whether we would date again. Oh, yeah, we have talked about that. And then, if we were to date, what we would use for dating. You've said that you will not date because I am the best that there is. You have said that. Yeah. And then you said I should date because I deserve it. Yeah. And I just think that's not very balanced and not necessarily true. But that's what you've already decided. Yes. <laughs> But then we talked about how we would get to dating, and I think you said you would use online dating. I think so. I think that's smart. Like, so many more people nowadays are using well, it's, it's online a, dating. And it's not just, a, oh, an online date. It's such a part of cultural, uh, how things just work. I think it's become very culturally accepted, especially in the last few years. So it's, yeah. I think it's definitely a legitimate way of getting to know someone. We just met a couple at a party who found each other on like ChristianMingle.com and they seem super wonderful and happy together. Oh, yeah. And then our other friends, uh, Fran and Tom and, you know, Mitten Online and all kinds of good stuff. Yeah. So this article is coming from the angle of, so there's different online dating websites. So there's, I got to be honest, I've never really been on them, so I can't tell you all the details. So I'm going off the 30 second commercial. Do it. So Match.com, my understanding is matches you on compatibility. Mm-hmm. So you like, I think you fill out a questionnaire and then it matches you based on whether you're compatible. But then there's other sites like Tinder. Ooh, 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 I found some good ones. No, don't click on those because I'm going to look through your history and be like, what is happening? Equestrian Cupid. <laughs> Personals.com is for people who like cats. Okay. Um, Biker Kiss is for motorcyclers. Guess what? Okay, guess what this one's for? What? Clowndating.com. So <laughs> then there's websites like Tinder. <gasps> Singles with food allergies. You're looking at me like, honey, that'd be so great for you. <laughs> People would love me on that because I would be so good at like, I can accommodate all your allergies. <laughs> My dead wife was so needy. I can help all of you. <laughs> might be the most horrible and hilarious thing you've ever said so in sites like tinder my understanding is you fill out a profile but it's mostly like do you think this person's attractive and then you swipe left or right yeah so this research wanted to figure out whether you could actually use an algorithm to see if people are compatible okay so in order to do their research they had a hundred undergrads so Mm -hmm. you know red flag Hundred undergrads. What? How many would be a green flag? Well, it's not that sample's okay for the research that they're okay. doing. It's that it's only undergrads, so we're not talking about a wide age range, racial okay. composition. So less of a red flag, more of like just just be aware. It's more of a lack of diversity in the sample than it is oh, the size. Well, it's in still this good case. though, right? Yeah, a hundred okay. is okay. It's for what they're doing. They're professors. They got easy access to undergrads. That was not the best worded sentence I could have come up with. <laughs> So they had 100 undergrads do an extensive questionnaire on their personality, well-being, 
and partner preferences. Okay. And then they used a mathematical model and they tried to predict whether these students would like each other. Oh, okay. So let me get this straight. Okay. They were like, here's all your data. And we're going to say Susie and Chandra are going to hit it off. Yep. And then they see that they give them like an app situation and then see if they swipe on each other. So kind of like that. So the next step is first they predicted it, but then they had to see if it was actually true in real life, right? Right. So what they did to make sure it was true was then they had all 100 people do a four minute speed date. Be speed date. Okay. So you met someone for four minutes and then after you did that, you kind of assessed whether you liked the person and you were attracted to them. Okay. And guess what happened? What is your... Do you think it worked? Do you think okay. you can predict so, whether people are going to be attracted to each other? Being someone that lives on the internet and works on the internet and has to deal with algorithms, I would say that the predictability and being able to target these uh, folks' interest, I think they could probably do pretty well. So... That's what I thought, too. But... It didn't work? The model did worse at predicting attraction than simply taking the average between two students. So what does that mean in English? So in basic math, you just take an average attraction and the average is going to predict, you know, 50-50. Okay. (laughs) But when you build a model, you should do better than 50-50. It should be like 60, 70, 80, something higher than that. Okay. So... The model didn't work. Why? Did they find go back and say, oh, the algorithm was missing these points? Or is that was there that human X factor that they just didn't have? Well, let's talk about one of those and then come to the, back to the is other it one. Is your scent? I think that's a fair critique. I think it could be their inputs, obviously. Like, did you ask the right questions? You, get, you can't get that smell from some data pieces, you know? Yeah, you know, like, do you prefer people that do this or that? Like, maybe they need to tweak their questionnaire a little bit. Yeah. So I think that's fair. So let's get to that second point. So this applies to online dating. Okay. So this is from one of the authors, Eli Fingal, wrote another book. And in that book, he ended up stating that most of us are totally wrong about what we want in a partner. I would say that's probably true. Oh, I think that's totally true. And someone may look good on paper, but terrible in real life. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. And so then that begs the question, so should you use online dating? Oh, oh look at there. Cool. I think, okay, I'm going to say yes, because it's not just, boop, here it is, and then you get teleported to a place with the other person and have no options. Like, you get to chat, and you can, like, call each other. And I do think there is that human interaction of being able to like pick what you think you want and then make some choices to go on from there, where it ultimately does come down to some of the human interaction. I think so. That's basically what the article goes on to say. Like the benefit of websites, not necessarily Match. dot com, but the benefit of online dating like Tinder is that it gives you a pool of people. It's like a networking facilitator. Yeah. Because maybe you're not in other networks. If you have a busy work life, you live in a small town, I could think of how you might be limited. And Tinder just gives you a pool of people you might not have access to. Mm-hmm. Like all those students. <laughs> <laughs> you said it first. <laughs> so true. Uh, there's probably a website for that on the... Nope, I don't nope, 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 nope. 
back that take that rewind it back and it's basically like LinkedIn. tinder got the app to make your booty go snap <laughs> Uh, I think the online dating is good. I and I do think having that digital facilitation could have a downside of maybe introducing you to people that um, you could be good with but aren't because of your very specific whatevers. Yeah. Um, making you think that certain data points are more important than they actually are. And I do feel that most dating sites do a pretty good job of... of they, want a, they want a good result, right? Because that's how they... You know, sell ads and make money and that that loyalty kind of thing. Or maybe they get loyalty because they set you up on bad dates and then you keep coming back to use the site. Whoa! I just blew open. I just blew open the dating site. Conspiracy theory. If you want a dating site to be effective, you have to have a certain degree of failure in your algorithm in order to get repeat customers. Because the secret of success in any app is the percentage of the market you have and then whether people keep coming back to you. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's oh. like it's like Taco Bell because like Taco Bell is not good at all. <gasps> but every time, every once in a while, you get that really, really, really good crave on, and you get that real good bean burrito with with Cheetos in it or whatever. You're gonna make me vomit. We can't talk about food. <laughs> and it's just like, mm, yeah, you know, or like playing golf. I played golf this week. Most of my shots were terrible, but I had like one or two. I was like, yeah. So I keep going back for more. Just so, like dating. To your point about what no algorithm seems to be able to predict yet is you can't assess human chemistry. Oh, like that love potion number nine. Like that? Yes. Okay. That makes me think of, I love watching the show Married at First Sight. (laughs) (laughs) And when... No, literally, she does. And what they do is there's these three, four researcher people, and then they look through hundreds or thousands of applications, and then they match people. And then it seems like the couples that don't make it are the ones that don't have any initial sexual attraction and can't get there. Wow. And I feel like sexual attraction is either you have it or you don't. I mean, to some people, there are some people who have a preference that of, of non-sexual attraction, and you just need to find someone who fits that. Oh, and I'm not talking about you. aces. I'm not talking about people that are asexual. I'm talking about people that are perfectly sexual beings who see another yeah. human, and they're just like, Ew. it's never going to happen. Ew. Totally. 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 Ew. 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 Um, yeah, I can see that. I feel like the physical attraction is a big part of it. That's huge. I feel like if you're not sexually attracted to someone, it's just not going to work. So the algorithm could like look at a picture of your face and be like, mm, I think this person would like this person's face. You know, that might be a way to do it. Maybe they could have done a study where they showed people 10 pictures of someone. But that's just going to assess whether someone's attractive like for a few seconds. Because I've met a few people and been like, oh, what an attractive person. And then they start talking. <laughs> you're like, hmm. You're, yeah. I, you know what? I think the online dating is great. I said, that, I said that like the oldest person on earth. The online dating. I think online dating is really, really great. And I, I don't know. Everything's getting so algorithmatized. I'm just, I just want to live in a world where Cupid can just let that love bow slang left and right. And it just makes it happen. You know, I think we don't need these algorithms as much as as we used to. I think, I don't know, I, I, I liked a little bit of that unpredictability. I kind of like that, too. I love science, I love data, I love math, but I love... I, I love love. 
I found after doing research for a few years, what I found incredibly depressing was when you did know everything. It just left no wonder in the world. There's got to be wonder in the world. I know. And I was like, you know, I just wish there's a little bit of je ne sais quoi. <laughs> <laughs> we watched a movie last night where that was a thing. Anyway, so I just like the world a little bit better when there are some things that can't be explained. I can't explain it. So love, I even try. Love, algorithms, magnets, ice cream trucks, all kinds of stuff. So then the author closes by saying the best thing you can do if you want to know if you're compatible and you're dating is to go on a date, listen to someone, and see if you're compatible. Oh, yeah. So much has changed, and yet nothing changes at all. There is nothing new under the sun. Time is a flat circle. That's what we've learned here on Peace. You've just combined two amazing sources. <laughs> the Bible and True Detective Season 1. <laughs> very different from Season 2. Uh, so, okay, well, Steph, thank you very much for sharing that data knowledge with us. Oh, one thing I've liked to do here in the last few episodes is asking you, as a researcher, how do you feel that about this study as a study? Is this something that's a reliable source? Do you feel like they did a good job? I'd give it a 6 out of 10. I think that their question validity, their questionnaire validity probably has a lot of errors. I didn't see whether they did any like key analysis on whether their questions were good. I think they could have upped the level to figure out an attraction metric. And I think that their sample has a, a lot of errors. Hmm. Uh, but I think it's so much fun to talk about. <laughs> there it is. Sometimes it's just fun just not to know everything. That's right. So... Next time, guys, try a little harder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, this, I think it's just like, yeah. <laughs> what, what joke school is this? Northwestern. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What can you do? Okay. Well... Stephanie, we'll have this uh, link to the article and so much more on our group, uh, facebook.com slash group slash two peas in a pod or pea podcast. Or if you just search two peas in a podcast, you'll find us. We're the cute one with the heart on it. Oh, download our stuff, share it with all your friends, and we will be back again at the same time in the same podcast channel. Stephanie, anything else? We hope that after listening to this podcast, you learn that you can like each other very, very, very much. much. to uh the chipmunks on slow uh, yeah it sounds like demon it's music right it's the worst <laughs>